Thanks, y'all. So how many of you have ever had this experience or maybe you heard about it like on the radio or on the news where, um, or maybe this happened to you, you go up to the, uh, you're in the drive-thru and you go up to the place where you pay for your, your coffee or your food or whatever and the person on the headset said, oh, the, the person in front of you paid for, for your meal. Anybody had that ever happen to you? No, a couple of you? Yeah, there wasn't anybody in the first service either. I, I wonder if it's actually true, but I think, I think it does actually happen. Okay, it does. Okay. Um, and then sometimes what, you hear about this too, where it happens to one person, then they say, okay, that, that person gave me this gift. I want to share that gift with somebody else, right? So, so they pay for the person behind them, and then the person behind them, and, the person, and then it like goes on for hours, right? You, you've heard of this happening before, right? Um, so I was thinking about that this week when I was preparing for, for today's message, because I, I think there's something to that, uh, not just... Uh, in the in the line at the coffee shop or the restaurant, I think there's something to this idea in the church. Uh, I think that this idea of of receiving and sharing gifts is is something that that's important to to who we are as a church. Uh, something similar happens, I believe, when when we receive and share the gifts that that God has given us. When, when somebody's the rep, the recipient of someone else's gift, I think they're often encouraged to. To, to use the gifts God has given them to bless others in the way that they've been blessed. Do you, do you think that's true? Have, have you seen that happen in the church? And I'm not just talking about like financial gifts. I'm talking about like our spiritual gifts and, and, and different kinds of gifts like, like our time and our, our energy and our, our resources. Think about maybe some places that, that you've seen something like that happen here. Or maybe maybe it's happened to you. Maybe... Maybe you've walked in on Sunday morning and someone's greeted you with a, a warm smile or, or a kind word, and you've decided, you know what, I think I could do that. And so you offer someone else a kind word or, or a warm smile. Or, or maybe, uh, maybe you decide you want to be one of those people that stands at the door and, and, and offers people smiles and kind words. And so you, you join the, the greeter team. Maybe... Maybe some of you have walked by the fuel room before and you've seen folks in there packing uh, lunches for, for, peop, for kids in our, our school system and you said, hey, you know what? I should do something like that too or, or I should come and, and do that. Maybe, maybe some of the folks that are involved in fuel, maybe that's how you got involved doing that. You said, you know what? I could do that. Or, or maybe, maybe you walked into the back where FC Kids happens and, and you've seen uh, some folks there hanging out with, with kiddos and, and, and teaching them lessons, and, and you thought, you know what, I could do that too. Or maybe, maybe somebody has said something to you at some point, maybe at, at a dinner on Wednesday night or maybe in a class or a small group. They say, you know what, I, I, see, that, I see this gift in you. And, and then maybe right after that, uh, the pastor gives you a call to serve on a team or something like that, and, and you said, uh, maybe I just need to pray about that. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe you said, you know what, I could do that. And, and, and you've gotten involved in, in that way, using the gifts that God has given you. The point that I'm trying to make is just like it happens at the coffee shop, just like it happens at, at the drive through restaurant, it, it happens here in our fellowship when, when we receive gifts that God has given us and we see gifts and we decide to share those gifts. Uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That happens, and it's and it's it's foundational to who we are 
in who God is calling us to be. Uh, today's the, the fourth week of, of this series that we're doing called Fellowship Forward. And uh, it's, it's becoming our, our yearly conversation about vision. And I think it's important for us to have that conversation regularly. Uh, so we're talking about vision. What is God's vision for our lives and, and our life together? What is God's vision for fellowship today and in the days ahead? How, how is God moving fellowship forward into the future that God has for us the, towards that vision? And then what is God calling us to do, to, to live out and to live in to that vision in our lives and in our life together. Uh, this is something that's important for us to revisit regularly. And so uh, we're having this conversation yearly. And, and this year, the phrase that, that I feel like God's laid on my heart to share as we have this conversation is that the church is, is this, this flame that, that burns with God's vision so that the world can see, see God's power and God's presence through those sparks of of sharing life together in Christ. That's our vision, sharing life together in Christ. And so, so my prayer is and has been and will continue to be that God would make us, that God would make fellowship a, a burning bush for those around us. That, that we would be ablaze with the presence of God in such a way that people around us would see us and, and that they would wonder about it and they would be drawn to it. But not drawn to us necessarily, drawn to to the presence of God in us and in our life together. And, and just like the story of Moses in the burning bush in the book of Exodus, uh, in the presence of God, we might experience the power of God. We might hear the promises of God. We might receive that proclamation of God to go, to go with the provision of God to the people that God is calling us to go to, to be the people that God is calling us to be. That's a vision that's worth getting excited about. I don't know about you, but, but just thinking about that stirs something in my heart and mind, and I hope that it does you too. We've been talking about how to start a fire. And, and we've been talking about how before God can start a fire in our church or in our community that God needs to start a fire in us, in our hearts, and in our minds. And we talk a lot about, about growth and, and revival and awakening, but, but the truth is for growth or revival or awakening to happen in our life together, it has to happen in our lives. And so that's what we're praying for, and that's what we're, we're talking about together, and we're spending these few weeks talking about how that might happen. And, and one of the ways that I'm framing that, at least in my mind, when I'm thinking about sharing it with you, is, is around this idea of, of those things that we talk about when, when we make a commitment to one another here. The, the vows of membership that we take, we talk about, we promise to, to, to commit to sharing life together in Christ by sharing five things, our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And when we all do that together, something amazing happens. We've talked about so far about how prayer builds this altar in our hearts and minds for God to bring that fire. Last week we talked about presence and how uh, our presence, when we gather together, it's like gathering the wood, how, how community becomes this kindling that, that, that the fire of God burns on. As we come together as the people of God in the place of God to enjoy and, and experience the presence of God together. And so, so this week, I want to talk about gifts. I want to talk about how our gifts 
kind of light a match in our and it ignites our passions, the passions that we have, the gifts that God has given us. Not only our passions, but but the passions of, of others as we share those gifts together. It it can spread. It can have a, a domino effect, if you will, just like that line at the drive through. When those gifts are matched with the gifts of others, they they create something that is greater than the sum of its parts. They they point to a purpose that's that's much bigger than just ourselves. And and I believe that it's true for for all gifts. It's true for for spiritual gifts. It's true for financial gifts. It's true for special gifts like like time or or energy or resources. Uh, that's why for the past few years we've been using this phrase you've probably heard me say it before this idea of of whole life generosity right and we talk about whole life generosity because we truly believe that that all these different kinds of gifts all these different ways of giving have the same source they're they're rooted in in the generosity of our our generous God who who gives selflessly and sacrificially to us. And and we see that in in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus Christ, his life and his death and his resurrection. And so so that's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes today. And and I want to start with spiritual gifts. And and a lot of times when we talk about spiritual gifts, we talk about the same Verses. Uh, there are these New Testament lists that, that Paul gives us in Ephesians and Romans and 1 Corinthians. And, and we, we talk about those a lot. Uh, but today I want to talk about, I want to use a different scripture. For, I want to look at one that maybe we haven't looked at very much. Uh, did you know that, that there are scriptures about gifts in, in the Old Testament? Uh, today I want us to look specifically... Um, just continuing the journey of, of our old friend Moses and the people of God, uh, there's, a, there's a specific passage of Scripture where Moses is, is once again called on by God to do something that, that can only be done with God. Uh, God shares with Moses this, this vision, this vision for, for a place where the people of God can experience and enjoy the presence of God, even in the midst of their everyday lives, even while they're in the desert, um, on their way to the promised land, uh, God gives them this vision of a place where, where God will dwell with them in a special way. This place is called the tabernacle, and, and it's the place where the presence of God dwells with the people of God. God gives Moses this vision of, of what this could look like. And how the community could be shaped and gathered around this tabernacle. But, but see, for this vision to become a reality, everyone would have to participate. Everyone would have to contribute according to their gifts, their spiritual gifts, their, their financial gifts, their, their gifts of time and energy and resources. And what the Bible says in this Old Testament passage that I'm about to read for you is that everyone who was willing came and offered their gifts to God and God's vision came to fruition. So I want you to listen to this and think about how it might apply to you and to me and to us. This is Exodus chapter 35. I'm going to start with verse 4. And think about the gifts that are being described here. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, This is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, 
take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of. And then there's the next five or six verses are this long list of, of things that, that the people already have. They're things that belong to God's people, but they're gifts that have been given by God. And so then a, a little bit later, the Lord says to Moses, all who are skilled among you are to come and make everything that the Lord has commanded. So, so the people are called to give these gifts, these things that God has given them, but then they're called to, to be participants in what God is doing with those gifts, right? Uh, the tabernacle with its tin and its coverings, class, frames, crossbars, bases, there's this long list of things that need to be done uh, to build up the tabernacle. And what the point I want to make here is that there's this list of things that God was calling people to give. They were already examples of gifts that had already been given, but they were to be used according to what was needed to build the tabernacle, to build this place where where God would dwell with God's people. Okay, you still with me? All right. So, so God was calling God's people to use the gifts that God had given them, the, the resources and the skills for the purpose of building up this place that God would use to build up their community. Now I want you to hear uh, a little bit later in Exodus 35. This is how the people responded. Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, which is part of the tabernacle. For all its service and for those sacred garments, all who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought their gifts. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. So that's a story. That's, um, like I said, a picture of, of God calling God's people to use their gifts to build up this community, this place called the tabernacle. Um, so this is an example in the Old Testament of, of God giving God's people gifts to be used for God's purpose. So now, uh, with that in mind, I want us to fast forward to the New Testament, and I want us to look at some passages that, that sort of describe to you uh, this shift in understanding of, of the presence of God dwelling with the people of God, the, the tabernacle, okay? And, and it all starts in John's gospel with, with the coming of Jesus. The coming of Jesus is described like this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. What I want you to see there is the, the word that they use there for dwelling is, is the same word that they use for tabernacle. And I think that's significant. Uh, Jesus is the word made flesh who is tabernacling among the people. The tabernacle is, is with the people in and through Jesus. When Jesus came and lived and died on the cross, uh, something significant happens in the story. It says the temple, which, which was basically the permanent tabernacle that had been built, uh, the, the curtain in the temple, it says, was torn in two from top to bottom. And, and this is significant because it's signaling to God's people that, that the tabernacle, the, the place where God dwells, is, it's, it's no longer a place. It's now a person. It's, it's the Word made flesh who, who's tabernacling among us. It's a person, and that person has a people. And the people are the church. You, and you, and you, and you, and me. Uh, Paul kind of unpacks this when he's trying to, to, to share the gospel with people. In the book of Acts, 
He says this in Athens, Acts chapter 17. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And then there are these places in Paul's letters to the churches where he encourages the church and he challenges them to remember that the tabernacle, the temple, the place where God dwells is now in the church, the people of God, the body of Christ. So so he says in Corinthians, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. He tells the Ephesians, they're they're fellow citizens with God's people. Members of his household built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, Paul says, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. A holy tabernacle in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, now you may be thinking, what does all this have to do with gifts? I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you this morning. I've got a, I've got a point. We're going somewhere with all this, I promise. What does this have to do with, with gifts? And, and what does it have to do with me? Well, here, here's the deal. God is still building the tabernacle, the, the, the place where the people of God enjoy and experience the presence of God. But, but in Christ, the tabernacle is, is no longer a physical location. It is a physical manifestation. The church is not a place. It's, it's a people. The dwelling of God is is a person and that person has a people and that people is you and me we are the church we are that's why we are called the body of Christ does that make sense the presence of God the spirit of God dwells in in us the church that Jesus is building is not a building. It is not formed by human hands. It, it resides in human hands. We are the hands and feet of Christ. The word made flesh dwells among us. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and lives in you. God has given us all these gifts to share with others. To build up the church of Jesus Christ in and through us so that those around us might see the glory of God and be drawn into his presence. Just like with Moses and the people of God in Exodus, everyone who is willing is invited to come together and and offer their gifts to God, their spiritual gifts, their financial gifts, their special gifts like time and energy and resources, all these things. We're invited to to share in so that we might share the glory of God with those around us. It's not what God wants from us. It's what God wants for us. When everyone participates, when everyone contributes according to their gifts, God's vision becomes a reality. God's vision comes to fruition as our lives and our life together begins to bear fruit for God's kingdom as we see lives being transformed by the good news 
of God's grace. I don't know if you ever heard me say this before, but it's not just that it happened. It's that it happens all the time. It can happen right here, right now. It, when folks like you and me decide to, to discover our gifts and to deploy them for God's kingdom. Our gifts become like matches thrown on a, a, a fire that begin to spread as that passion grows inside of us and, and it's, it's contagious to those around us. See, I believe God is still calling God's people to use the gifts God has given us to build that, that spiritual place that God wants to use to build up a community of worshipers right here, right now. God still uses the gifts that God has given God people, God's people to build up the church of Jesus Christ for his purposes in the world. You believe that? I do. I hope you do too. Because see, the point of all this is that God has given each of us gifts, different kinds of gifts to be used for the same purpose. And when we choose to live lives of, of whole life generosity, when we say, God, this is all yours and I'm going to give it to you, uh, when we choose to live that way, rooted in the generosity of our generous God who, who gives selflessly and sacrificially of himself to us, then our lives and our life together becomes a reflection, a, a representation of the very presence of Christ in people's lives. And that's when lives are transformed. Now, Whenever we talk about stuff like this, I know that, that this can be uncomfortable for some people. And, and, and sometimes there's this temptation uh, for us to, to believe the lie that, that, that we don't have anything to share, right? We don't have any gifts, right? There may be some of you thinking today, well, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are, and I don't, I don't even know if I have any spiritual gifts. I don't, know, I don't know if I have anything to share. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're, we're having this mission and and ministry fair this week and, and next Sunday is for you to explore that a little bit. I, I, I want to encourage you uh, to go out to the lobby, to come to the lobby next week and, and look around and ask questions. You might, you might, be, just, you might be surprised at, at how something you see or somebody, something somebody says to you lights a match in your heart and in your spirit. Somebody might share an opportunity with you that, that you didn't know about or, or they might share how they see something in you that you didn't see in yourself and, and, and sparks begin to fly. Would you be willing to consider, to believe the truth of God's word that God has indeed given you gifts and they're gifts that are to be used for God's purposes? And when, when you do that, not only does it bless others, but it blesses you too. It makes you come alive in maybe a way that you didn't know was possible. I've seen it happen. God did it before, and God can do it again. So that's spiritual gifts. It, it's the same when we talk about financial gifts uh, or gifts like time and energy. The, the principles is the same. It's still true. You may not think that you have anything to offer, but the powerful truth of God's provision is still the same. If, if we'll simply offer back to God what God has so generously given to us, not just as individuals, but as a, a community of faith, God can take even our little bit, everyone's little bit, and turn it into a lot. We see it every single time we do the, the dollar club. We see uh, that a dollar, put with a dollar, put with a dollar, 
has this domino effect that, that has the ability to bless people in our community in ways that always uh, exceed our expectations. One of the amazing things that we discover is what we give is never as much as what we get from seeing people's lives touched and transformed. Wouldn't you agree? So the bottom line is this. When it comes to gifts, I believe they're, they're best discovered and they're best deployed in community. And, and that's what the Dollar Club's all about. That's, that's what the mission and ministry fair is all about. Because that's what church is about. That's what being a part of the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Christ, that's what it's all about. And I truly believe that God is going to start a fire right here, right now. I believe that that is how God is going to move fellowship forward. When we willingly and generously allow God to use our gifts, the gifts that God has given us to give him glory, then God is going to do because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ever hope for or imagine. Do you believe that? I'm not sure if you believe it or not. I think a few of you do. <laughs> but here's the thing. We can believe it not because of who we are or, or what our eyes see, but, but, but what God has shown us time and time again through God's Word. I want to I share with you just this last little passage. This is how the story ends in the book of Exodus. And I hope that it's a word of encouragement for you today about what's possible when we take this to heart. Exodus chapter 36. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab. I practiced those all week so I could say. And every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring offerings morning, and after, morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. So then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering to the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that would be like? To have such a, an outpouring of generosity and willingness to share our gifts for the greater good, our spiritual gifts, our financial gifts, our special gifts of time and energy and resources, that there was such a, an abundance of blessing that we had to pump the brakes? What if fellowship became a, a place so filled with people who were so willing to use their gifts to build up the church and to bring God glory that I had to stand up here on Sunday morning and say, hey, listen, you know what? We got too much money. We got too many volunteers. We, we have so much more than we need to do the work that, that God has called us to do. We need to start expanding our reach because God has expanded our resources. 
We can celebrate because God has supplied more than, than our every need. What would that be like? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> well, let me, let me leave you with this question. Would you be willing to pray for that? And believe that God has done it before? And could do it again? Not for, not for our sake or for our glory, but for Christ and for His glory and for His kingdom right here, right now. I'll tell you, it's something that we can't do on our own. It's something only God can do. And so it starts with prayer. It starts with us asking God. So would you be willing to pray that God would, would light a match, a desire for us to, to use our gifts and to share them as an expression of, of sharing life together in Christ in a way that, that builds up the church, the people of God, and that brings God glory. Would, would you pray that with me right now? Let's pray together. God, when we think about what could be, I know that I have to just confess that I wrestle with believing what's possible because I see my own limitations, the restrictions that I place on myself and, and other people and you. God, I pray that you would help me and anyone else like me today to lay those at your feet, to trust you and to entrust to you all that we have and all that we are and ask you to do what only you can do. God, start a fire in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our life together. Burn up those things that are not of you so that the things that are might be ablaze with your presence so that other people might see and want to join in. Lord, use the gifts that you've given us to bear fruit for your kingdom. Light a match in our hearts and minds, Lord. Ignite the passions that you have placed there and use them according to your will. Lord, we thank you for your word that reminds us of the great things that you have done when, when, when folks like us place ourselves in your hands. We thank you for your spirit, God, that, that breathes new life into us as we take you at your word and we step out in faith. So God, I pray today that you would help us to do that, that you would help us to, to take a step of faith today into whatever it is that you're calling us to do, trusting you to do what only you can do, trusting that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything we could ever imagine or hope for. Lord, give us the faith to imagine. Give us the faith to hope. Help us to trust you. God, we love you and we thank you we pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
So we're going to sing one more song, and, and the altars are open this morning if you'd like to come and, and continue that prayer. Or if you have specific prayers that, that you want to pray for or about, if you want somebody to pray with you, I would, I would love to do that. But let's just take these last few minutes and respond to however God is, is speaking to our hearts today. Would you stand as we sing?